Syria A fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. I'm Chris with Marco. Tad is already in Rome. Marco leaves tomorrow. And I think we're all mentally dreaming of walking next to Il Coliseo and the glory of Rome. How are you doing, Marco? Oh my God, man. Counting down the seconds. Today was the last day in the office. I'll be working from home in the morning. But I tell you what, I, I was feeling guilty a little while ago about going on this long trip because of all the things going on at work. But I, I can't, I couldn't care less about <laughs> anything or anybody in the USA. Well, I still love my family, but Good. I can't wait to get out of here. It is a struggle getting out of the office. I feel you there. But as soon as I walk out uh, on my last day, I'm on vacation. So looking forward to that. What would you say the most exciting thing is that you're looking forward to as we uh, depart for Rome this week? I always tell people that my favorite thing to do when I'm in Rome is, you know, I've been there plenty of times. I know I feel spoiled because my family's there, but I just love walking up to the cafe, grabbing a cappuccino and maybe just, uh, I get a medaglione. That's one of the, 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 uh, breakfast sandwiches there. And I just, I don't know, there's something about that. Just love that aspect of Italy, yeah, man. Cherishing life. I, I totally agree with you in the coffee in the morning. That's, that's very true. I'd say, uh, I'm kind of related to that. The Il Passaggio, which is walking around like downtown Rome, getting lost in like the cobbled streets. I always love that, particularly at sunset, so I'm looking forward to doing that. I think we're going for a whirlwind here for the amount of events that we're about to go through uh, as soon as we get there with a wedding. Roma Roma Wedding Derby is happening. We've got the Derby itself, and uh, just a whole bunch of stuff going on with Rome and and, uh, AS Roma, so... Well, that's why uh, me and my girlfriend are going to stay an extra week and uh, go down, hit Naples, Amalfi Coast, and uh, just kind of relax, maybe detox a little bit. But I, but I have to say, man, I see you got that fresh haircut. Uh, you wouldn't happen to be trying to pick up a, a girl in Italy this oh. this trip, would you? Always looking for Mrs. Ross, and it'd be okay if she's Italian. That would be fine <laughs> with me. So if you're out there, <laughs> we'll be in Rome this week. Uh, yeah, man, it's going to be great. So uh, we're all already mentally there, but I uh, hope Tad is having a good time. We did want to uh, mention here, we're switching to soccer news. El Clasico was yesterday, Marco, man. And it was one that BN should put on repeat at this point because it was a great game. My God, man. I'll tell you what. When Messi scored that last goal, I got up. I was celebrating. I blacked out. I was like, that was amazing. And then I immediately turned to, to my friend Marcus, or should we, we call him Fabio here. Uh, I pulled my neck muscle. I was I was freaking celebrating so hard. That thing, that game was amazing. Yeah, the, just a clinical goal at the end, man. And and plus too, the build up that people are already forgetting, but just you know, box to box, pretty much, and then a drop pass to Messi. His celebration at the end is already a meme and everything else. It, it really was classic for El Clasico. It had everything, man. And you know, I was telling my friends they should make that game two hours long and add two subs (laughs) i think they can do it and i think people from all around the world would be like you know what we're not gonna ask for our games to be extended our big games this is the game that everybody recognizes as the best game in the world very true so for all the real and barca fans out there definitely delivered for you guys and uh for the rest of the just the soccer world that was that's great that's what you want to see 
So let's switch it over to Italian Serie A and talk about our social media. Uh, we've got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Fabio at CurveAmerica.com, ASRoma360.com is another place where you can find the podcast. So please send your questions, comments. I think, Marco, no one's going to fight you on this one this week. Guys, don't forget to get out there, rate, comment. Uh, we have no new comments to read today unless Chris finds something in the next five seconds, five, four. No. We're moving forward. Anybody <laughs> who did comment this week, we really appreciate it. If you didn't, you know where to find us. I'm already on cloud nine for our social media because... Uh, as we've mentioned in the past for all the Milanisti out there, uh, Delafo sounds awfully close to the former boy band uh, LFO. And uh, they actually saw one of the tweets we put out there and liked it. So uh, they, we found out they're, they're going on tour, uh, which is just fantastic. Oh, uh, man. Wish them, wish them well. But just the, that's so fantastic that we are interacting with LFO on our social media. So, I have nothing else to live for. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're still, we got to get you that YouTube clip. That's a little bit before your time, I think. But uh, Summer Girls, man, they're out there. So check them out. It's good stuff. Yep. All right, Marco, we're, we're short a few men, so uh, let's just jump right into it. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the rundown next. Let's get to it. This week saw only one of the top four strikers hit the back of the net in an otherwise goal-filled weekend. Juve and Roma beat up on their weaker opponents. Napoli dropped some crucial points, and Atalanta keep pace for Europe. Fiorentina win with an absolute thriller up in Florence, and Milan lose to who? No. Ampoli. Sorry, Crotone. That doesn't help things. I know. Let's jump with the top five. Up first, we got Juve and Genoa. This one finished 4-0, an absolute thrashing again. Juve continues its dominance of both Serie A and Champions League with two big wins last week. So we'll start with the league here, Marco. Genoa, who had shocked Juve back in November with a 3-1 win, lost this one convincingly. Um, Start with an own goal. They got Munoz, uh, 17th minute, accidentally tap in with Marquisio, maybe getting some of the credit, but... Already down one nothing. A minute later, you got Dybala with what I'm calling game of the weekend, goal of the week candidate here, uh, falling away from the ball in traffic and finds a way to put uh, his cleat on the ball and hits the side netting. That goal was amazing, man. And he wraps his foot around that ball, honestly, just like Messi does. I mean, he he's able to wrap his foot around it so much that he he it goes opposite post. You know, I think most keepers would expect that ball to be going near post. Yes, yeah, and the curling. Right? Uh, this guy's amazing. I I mean, that magic left foot is going to take him, you know, anywhere he wants next season and hopefully it's still in the city. Yeah. That's right. Hoping that that contract lets him stay and uh he stays with Juve. So maybe something in the water between Messi and him. Uh, the two Argentinians both uh, having great goals uh, this weekend. And uh, Juve doubled their lead again uh, in this game. They finished Mandzukic and Bonucci. Both had great shots. They both went in, uh, uh, hitting the back of the net. What did you think of those, Marco? Oh, my God, man. Like, all three of, the, of Juve's goals this week were just master classes. This team is just fully confident. And, yo, Mandzuk, Mandzuk. 
That's what we're going to start calling him. New nickname, Man, right in the season. Manzucchini, he scored an amazing goal. I mean, the ball was kind of bouncing up, curled it to the back post, didn't see it coming, should have maybe crossed, but he had the finish. And then Bonucci, of course, with his famous celebration, kind of the look at me, this is my face, this is the face of a center back scoring a nasty goal on you. Does it again. Love me. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's about, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's really it for the league. There's not much else to talk about uh, um, there with Genoa. They're middle of the pack. The Garbage. Middle of the pack. Um, sorry, bigger story here is uh, jumping to champions. We've got uh, Juve holding Barca scoreless at home to advance into the Champions Tournament. Messi's goal yesterday, definitely an amazing goal. It's it's pretty impressive that uh, Juve held him scoreless in that game, no? really is and they held them score scoreless for two games uh just another testament to their defense and look and the italian way <laughs> the italian way they've only gotten two goals scored against them i know we said that last week you know really touching moments at the end there you see neymar crying in danny alvis's arms it's like wow man it means something like, that must have really meant a lot for you but uh you guys didn't even get close right. to be honest yep. uh and uh look another shutout for buffon He's cementing his legacy. I, I still say he's got a couple years left in his legs. Sure, man. Why not? Why not? Donnarumma's got a few more years to grow anyway. So, um, Question for you, Marco. Uh, it's just inevitable at this point. Uh, the treble, right? Copa Italia, Serie A, Champions League. Where are you on Juve right now? I know we got a few weeks left, but after beating Barca the way they did, you think Juve's going to do it? Well, Serie A's theirs to lose. I think they're playing OTFR, a much weaker uh, opponent in the Coppa Italia final. And they play against Monaco. I think they'll be happy with that draw, even though Monaco's absolutely dangerous. I mean, any team that makes it to the final four of the Champions League is dangerous at this point. But Juve, uh, they're looking like uh, favorites to get through on this next game. And then, depending who they you know play, either Madrid team would be big, but Real Madrid, Juve in the final would be... You know, that's a tough one to, to uh, try to guess. So, yep. you know, Treble's obviously still wide open for them, and uh, they're looking good. Yep. It's uh, an easy thing to say. Champions League is the hardest of those three. It'd be tough to root for OTFR and Copa Italia against them. And so uh, we'll see. I like their chances for, for getting the Treble this year. It'd be good for Serie A as well. So on the table... We've got Juve in first place, 83 points. That is eight points still ahead of Roma after today. Uh, And we've got Genoa all the way down there, uh, tied for 16th with 30 points. Um, Safe from relegation, although Crizone creeping up on them too. So so we'll see on that. Uh, That would take a lot. But there's the two teams there. Up next in the table, we've got Roma and Pescara. This one happened today. Finished 4-1. Roma finally extend their lead on the Napolitan, and it's the Mohamed Salah show. What'd you think? You, we, we saw the highlights of this one, obviously. Both both of us didn't get to watch this game because of work. Um, I think we got to start in the right before half. We get two goals, so you got to feel pretty good going in a half. Absolutely, and look, uh, El Sharawi plays provider in this game. He lays the ball off for Strootman. He runs it in. I saw Strootman kind of... Uh, like shoving around after he scored, he was like talking trash to the to their team again. I love how Strootman brings that grit to this to the squad. Swagger. Yeah. yeah, and like you know, it's just it's. I love seeing on Instagram uh, somebody photoshopped his head in the Stonehenge 
uh, it, it was it was hilarious because that's kind of every single time I see him, I was like, man, he kind of looks like one of the stone hedges <laughs> out there. Uh, Nangolan, uh, he gets a ball laid across and uh, slots at home. Jekyll was provider for that one as well. Uh, and then it's just Salah with the with the dopieta, and uh, the first goal was was very nice. He just curled it from the outside of the box. Uh, very nice, cool finish. And then again, El Sharawi with the double assist, just laying it across the face of the goal. And and Momo, he uh, he slots it home. He's got two two goals this game. Yep, that's uh, certainly a good. Uh, I was nervous, definitely checking the score at work today. Uh, um, you know, took us forty four minutes or whatever it was for the first goal. So um, nervous about it. But I think the bigger story now that we handily won this game. No subs for Roma until the seventieth minute. With the Derby on Sunday, so we've got less than seven seven uh, days between the two games. Clearly, the the latter is uh, um, much more important for the table and pride and everything else. What do you think? Is that going to be an issue here for uh, uh, Spalletti waiting that long? Look, when he takes Jekyll off, Jekyll throws a little bit of a tantrum, and I kind of like seeing that, you know, because he's hungry. But I think Spalletti's making uh, some good choices here. I mean, he's trying to keep the flow of the season. Uh, maybe not trying to make too much of this derby because let's not forget they're way ahead of, of OTFR. Now saying that they made a little bit of a mistake when they played them in Coppa Italia. They went into that first game acting like, oh, they were, you know, the shiznat as, as Tab would like to say. And, uh, they really got punished for it. So they need to get in this game sharp. I'm, I'm kind of glad that he subbed Jack off, get him hungry, get him angry for the next game. Um, but, you know, Jekyll, he's uh, he's a capocagnonieri right now. He's got an ego going on. Yep. So you think he, he's justified in wanting to stay out there, try to keep up with the race, rather than maybe Spalletti's view of subbing him off to save him for the derby? Look, again, I, I don't mind seeing, uh, you know, Jekyll getting subbed off because I, I think it's, it's good to preserve him a little bit for the derby. Um, but at the same time, I see where Jekyll's coming from. And I like that because, again, we want to see one of the Roma players being the top goal scorer of the season. We're reaching for anything at this point. I would have loved to see Totti come in, though. I mean, he's got those new golden cleats coming out That's later right. on this week. That's uh, right. The derby does matter for at least that. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying uh, another good opportunity for, for Totti to play. Uh, you know, Pescara does get one back. We got to give him a little credit for that. You, you know, I guess as much credit as the team can get for getting uh, relegated. They, I guess they were officially relegated this this game. Yeah, so turning our attention to uh, uh, Pescara on, on just two quick points. Uh, it does mean Pescara is mathematically relegated. So there you go. Um, Laters. Yep. So sorry for the Delfini. Um, big question if Zaman will stay. Um, but, uh, cause he's only been there for two months and he only got one victory for him. Speculation is he will. I thought it was interesting if, I don't know if you saw this, but he had some choice comments, uh, for, for Roma, uh, during, uh, um, the weekend on, on what he thought about the club and where they're headed with American owners and things like that. So, uh, Zaman, uh, Zeman, Zaman, whatever you want to call him, uh, basically not a big fan of the American owners, feels like Roma's not doing well by having kind of everybody in the same city. We've got people in London, we've got people in America, 
not a big fan of that. Um, so didn't think uh, that uh, there, there's a lot to be proud of for, for Roma. Uh, said some kind of interesting things with uh, De Rossi, thinking that uh, he didn't fit into this the system very well. But we mentioned Totti before, and I think uh, everyone would agree with this. Uh, one of his points was uh, you can't give Totti just five minutes to do something out there. That's that's just not enough time. So Well, you know, I, I agree with that completely. Um, but I don't know how I feel about the, you know, I, I, I definitely see some frustration coming out of Rome uh, with Palotta kind of, you know, everybody wants Jimmy to be around a little bit more often, and I get that. Uh, but it's a global game. You That's know, right. it's a globalized game, just like anything else these days. Uh, you know, look at the Inter team, the Inter and, and, and Milan. They're all getting bought by foreign owners. Right. I mean, we just need the league to be injected with good investors. And if they have to come from the outside at the moment, okay, so be it. Uh, and then, you know, maybe when a, 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 the next Italian oil tycoon comes around right. and buys a team. All right, we'll see what happens there. But let's focus right now on strengthening the Serie A. And uh, if it has to be done through foreign owners, uh, okay. That's right. And we're on the East Coast here. So let me assure any Italian listeners out there, the games are viewable here on the East Coast. So uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Jimmy Pilota can uh, see the game every week. Um Want to stick with Roma too on this point? Uh, we've got a new arrival, a new sporting director, Mr. Monkey. Uh, I, I, I put this in the notes here. Tad leaves for Rome, and suddenly there's a bearded guy we're entrusting our entire transfer market for. So, Tad, uh, wondering if that's you out there with uh, with a new job as well as uh, getting married. <laughs> yes, you know the new the new sporting director, Monkey. I mean, he was doing big things at Sevilla. You do see Sevilla challenging, you know, beating Real Madrid earlier in the season, uh, making great deals. That's what we want over here, uh, you know, at AS Roma. I think that he's got a bright future ahead of him, and uh, I think that he's going to do big things at Roma as well. Yeah, certainly a positive sign, I think. Uh, ho- hopefully he can uh, repeat what he's done in the in La Liga for, for Roma going forward. So we got Roma, second place, and got 75 points, still hoping to catch Juve, and we've got Priscara, all the way down in 20th place, mathematically relegated, 14 points, sorry Delfini. On to the next, Marco, we've got Sassuolo and Napoli. This one finished with a 2-2 draw. Napoli dominate the Nero Verdi, but come up short in the end. Certainly helps uh, Roma here and uh, lessens the uh, the top three uh, race a little bit here, huh? Yeah, I mean, looking at the stats of this game, it had everything that you would usually see in a Napoli, in a Napoli whooping. Uh, it's like eight to twenty in shots, almost seventy percent of the ball is on for Napoli. Uh, before the game, I saw Di Francesco and Sadi shaking hands, and it made me think, you know, something that could be interesting, maybe a little foresight here is: what if Di Francesco gets the chance at Napoli if Sadi goes to Juve? Do you think that's something that's possible? Yeah, I, I still I think Sassuolo is it's just interesting, right? Of uh, you know you've get fired by promotion pretty much with Di Francesco because Sassuolo just has not had a good season, uh, and now suddenly uh, Di Francesco gets to move up uh, to to a top three team. I think the more interesting thing is Sari because I think we we were talking about him on the last podcast of just he's done an excellent job with coaching and tactics. Uh, with Napoli after losing Iguain, that would be interesting if he gets reunited with uh, Iguain up in Juve. Um, 
it's a never-ending uh, cycle, man, the, the transfer market window and the rumors. But I, that would absolutely be interesting because you got a lot of storylines playing there. I'll tell you what, though. If it happens, you buy me a Cornetto, all right? <laughs> all right. The bet is on for a Cornetto, yep. So a couple chances on both sides in the first <laughs> half, but honestly nothing too noteworthy. Uh, and then the little man himself, Mertens, he connects on a Callejon cross and he actually puts Napoli ahead in the beginning of the second half. Love to see Mertens getting his head on on uh, crosses too. Yeah, and as you'd expect, right? If you're a Napoli fan, you're probably looking at this saying, "Yep, we're on our way here." That's that's what we're we've been experiencing all season. But then Berardi takes Sassuolo level off a huge mistake from Hamsik's back pass header. I mean, look. I don't know what Hamsik was thinking, but I almost did the same thing this weekend in my men's league game. Maybe you could play for Napoli. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> just trying to head it back from outside the 18. Berardi just picks it up and, and puts it in the back of the net. 1-1. And then it's goals from Mazzarelli and Milik. And it took the game to 2-2. And that's how it was going to end. I mean, I saw some of the Napoli fans standing and clapping at the end of the game. Which, you know, it's it's refreshing for City. Yeah, you're used to a lot of booing and whistling. But <laughs> look, if you're a Napoli fan, you look at this game, you're like, that is two points out the window. Sassuolo, nothing to play for. And you just lost some serious ground on, on AS Roma with five games left in the season. Yeah. I cannot believe that, you know, Napoli just tied Sassuolo. Yeah. Uh, especially, think how, yeah. Think how we felt after, you know, drawing with Atalanta, right? I mean, that arguably is is more of an easier pill to swallow because at least they're in the top five. But, um, yeah, lowly Sassuolo coming here. I mean, that those those are two points that Champions League, that's what you're playing for right now. That kills you. That really kills you. Yeah, and we both saw, you know, at the beginning of this season, AS Roma getting knocked out by Porto. I mean, you got when you get the play the play-ins before the Champions League, you got some teams that are just hungry out yep. there, and they may not be at the same stature as you, but you know, with enough adrenaline, anything can happen. Anything can happen. That's Look, right. I think it was good to see Milik uh, on the score sheet once again. I mean, he comes off the bench this game, but he shows his goal scoring prowess. And Napoli have a lot to look forward with this guy at the re- for the rest of the season, and honestly, just next year, he's he's their guy. Yep. And uh, good news for uh, Napoli, too. Also signing one of their stars, Insigne, with a new deal. Good for that. Still uh, negotiating with Mertens, but Napoli looking like they're going to be strong again for next year. We got Napoli in third place with 71 points. They're three points away from Roma now in that second Champions League guaranteed spot. And then we've got Sassuolo. Uh, They're in 14th place with 36 points. Up next, we've got OTFR and Palermo. This was an absolute drubbing and a goal fest. We've got 6-2, but the real story is it's 5-0 after 26 minutes. That's all you need to know about this one. It's the Keita show for OTFR. He gets a hat trick with six minutes, Marco. That's a new Serie A record. And Immobile getting a brace, too. So, um, you know, there's just really not much to say. It's at OTFR taking care of business of a team that is likely more and more each day to be relegated just take a look at the table with these guys right um how should otfr go uh feeling feeling good about holding on to that four spot or uh it's going to get pretty interesting for them uh given their uh uh, games coming up here i mean they always got to keep one eye back on atalanta they're sneaking up little by little 
And uh, yeah, they get a great result against Palermo, who is almost certainly relegated. But the key thing here, and uh, you know, as a Roma fan, I'm, I'm looking at this a little bit with some anxiety, is that they're gaining momentum towards the end of the season. They have a Coppa Italia still to play for. They have, you know, Europa League well within reach. If they get lucky, maybe they get catch up to Napoli. So it, this is a big game for them yeah. coming up to the Derby. You know, they play Roma, who is at 75 points and four points clear of Napoli. But, you know, they're only really, they're only seven points away from Napoli. So a win here, a win there. You know, it's very possible to see them maybe sneaking into that final Champions League spot and with some momentum, they maybe even may even be able to catch Juventus off guard on the Coppa Italia final. Coppa Italia, yeah. We'll see. Uh um I would say that they got a pretty hard schedule coming up with the Derby, uh Roma. God, I hope they're hungry after the Coppa Italia uh loss. Um but Sampdoria could be a game that Sampdoria is a hit or miss, I'd say. Fiorentina and Inter are also big games for them. So that's not an easy schedule to wrap up their season. So I think you're right with Atalanta right behind them. I wouldn't be sitting too comfortable. I think they got a tough, uh, tough streak here going forward. So yeah, so we've got uh, OTFR in fourth place, 64 points. Atalanta just one point behind them there. And Palermo, as much as I love President Baccalini, they only have two more points than just recently relegated Piscara here. So I think You're it's done. Yeah, just a matter of games, a, a few more weeks, and uh, Palermo's going down. Up next for the top five, we've got Atalanta and Bologna. This one finished 3-2. Absolute thriller in Bergamo as Ladea keep dreaming about Europe. Yeah. This was another thrilling game here, and Conti starts the scoring off by megging Mirante after a penetrating through ball from the one and only Alejandro Papu. You guys got your nicknames. <laughs> Gomez. I mean, this was a slip ball. Love it. And I also love seeing young Conti coming up, you know, from the right hand side and 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 megging Mirante. It's a it's a nice goal. Uh, then all seems to be going to plan after Freuler taps in a Petania cross until Destro, the boy wonder, the sleeping toddler, the rat boy, <laughs> sliding in and honestly kind of luckily slams the ball into the into uh, the upper ninety. He starts celebrating. Shirt going, came off. He's he's thinking about it. You can tell he's <laughs> running back. He's throwing up twos and ones. He doesn't know how many goals he, goals he scored. And then his teammates had to remind him, "Hey, Destro, we're down two one." And so he's like, he's like, "Oh, oh yeah," and turns around to go get the ball out of mm-hmm. the net. And somebody already got it for him. Anyways, they're back in business at that point. Safe to say, you are not buying a Destro jersey anytime soon. Di Francesco makes up for his multiple misses against Palermo with a bottom corner laser, which ties the game in the 60th. But it's Juventus-bound Mattia Caldara who clinches the victory uh, for La Dea. And all you can say is that they're really going to miss this guy. Yeah, he's really been coming alive in the last couple games here for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, honestly, Bologna had a decent game. Uh, I think everybody was just expecting the loss, but... You know, they put together a shrewd game plan and uh, almost got rewarded. Uh, but anyways, they re- they really don't have anything to, to gain from this game. No, you know, they're in the middle of the table. They're not getting relegated. They're not moving forward. Uh, but Atalanta opens up the five-point gap on Milan. We'll, we'll talk about their game in a second. And this is just perfect because they play Juve next week. 
And so, you know, they probably expect to lose points there. But then they play Milan, who's who's right behind them, uh, you know, in two two or three games. And that's going to be a hell of a game, one with big implications. I mean, speaking of Juve, man, do you think that Atalanta could shake up the title race with a result this week? Yeah, we're running out of teams, I think, that can uh, uh, challenge Juve in the in the final runs here. I mean, I don't I don't think there's eight points there, but Atalanta and Roma are two of the games that I'd say are circled anyway for big games that, that Juve still has. Um, so that will definitely be interesting. I think it's hard not to get on the bandwagon for Atalanta, but you know, I keep saying like races within races of this table, man. I think the most fascinating race we've got now is not really the top of the table. It's really this middle of the pack fighting for Europe because you've got some dominant teams with Milan and Inter and Fiorentina, frankly, who are, you know, those are historic big names that you would expect. Uh, and Atalanta is in there mixing them up, mixing in with it. So, uh, and and also challenging for potentially for uh, that that third spot uh, for champions. So that's pretty cool. Um, it's an exciting part of the part of the table for sure. Definitely. All right. So we've got Atalanta wrapping up the top five with sixty three points, just one point behind OTFR and Bologna. They've got thirty five points. We'll take a quick break and then start off with the middle of the pack. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million-square-foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. First game, we've got Milan and Empoli. This one finished 1-2, and you just assume I'm talking about Milan taking this one, right? Wrong. Wrong. Empoli, with the huge upset, back-to-back wins for the Tuscan outfit, they haven't lost in three games. Who is this team, Marco? I don't know, man, but back-to-back wins for the first time this season, first time that I can ever remember. (laughs) Uh, Man, oh man, does Milan drop the ball in this golden opportunity to distance themselves from Inter. Look, early in the game, you see the sloppiness set in. Uh, A weak pass from Zapata and a poor giveaway from Pasilic. They give El Caduri two glorious chances, get a corner kick, and then our man, Mik Delizzi, I think that's that's one of Tad's uh, pronunciation. Yeah, Georgian Peach. Plays. That's right. The Georgia <laughs> Peach. He scores off the corner kick to put Empoli 1-0. Second half starts, and Milan starts piling on the pressure. You got Pasadich earning a PK. Skorupski really just seemed to run into him trip, him, trip him up in the back. But then he makes up for it when he makes another wonder save against Suso, and then a second one against a crashing Lapadula. Old trench foot is at it again, man. <laughs> That's right. Empoli. Milan put in Baca, and they go with two in the attack. You start sensing a little bit of panic. They're, they're throwing everything but the kitchen sink. And then Empoli just does the unthinkable and goes up by two goals. <laughs> Thiam puts one in. Oh, man, it's unbelievable. You see Montella's wig start to to start losing some hair he's got that <laughs> sleek black hair 
maybe not for long if things continue to go this way. La Padula gets one back in the 71st, but it's too late. Milan's just throwing everything at Empoli, and they're just sliding, blocking. You know, there's a crossbar that comes in from Ocampos. And then look, man, Empoli come out with three points. Dagger for Crouton Nation, probably thinking, what do we have to do to get safe, man? Yeah, the the uh, the gods are not Crouton fans, apparently, because, oh, this, this really is right in the heart. Empoli Be is beating Milan. At home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, you know, look, Milan just lost its chance at Europe in my eyes. Five-point gap. They still have to play Roma and Atalanta. But look, it's still it's still there for them, but uh, it's just going to be a wild end of the season. Yeah, the thing with the Milan teams are just these are demoralizing losses that, I mean, I guess they got a rebound from them, but uh, you know, you're losing the teams you really need to beat. So with the table in mind, we've got Milan. They got 58 points here. They're in sixth place right uh, within that middle of the pack race. And Empoli, man, just clawing their way away from the danger zone. They are five points out of the danger zone with 29 points. Crouton Nation, it's just two games. Come on. Let's see if they can keep going with it. It's going to make it fun for the end of the tur- end of the uh, table race. I really gotta love the it. end of the year, man, with yep. the relegation race. Yep, love it. Up next, Marco, we go to the other Milan team. We've got Fiorentina and Inter. This one finished 5-4. Game of the week match. Fiorentina proved that they are still a force to be reckoned with in the Serie A. Absolutely, man. What a game this was. Nine goals. Nine really goals. had a little bit of everything. Vecino starts the goal scoring in the first half, uh, but then it's... Inter that take the lead with Perisic and Icardi, their two main men this season scoring before the half. They're up 2-1, and you start to think, all right, you know, Inter's away at Fiorentina. Fiorentina's been really inconsistent this year, um, and it's probably going to be Inter's game. But wait, handball in the beginning of the second half, Inter's Ambrosio, it leads to one of the worst PK Papere that you will see in a while. <laughs> Feel the burn. Bernadeschi steps up to the spot and attempts a Kukiayo and Andanovic. Completely scuffs it and in the end it just one of the weakest slow dribblers into the handyman's hands. Look, embarrassing. <laughs> embarrassing. But the reason why big players do the little chip shot in the PK is to swing the momentum of a game. You know? I mean Bernadeschi hits this shot and you you all of a sudden got a 2-2 game and you got everybody all hyped up. Uh, you know, then there's players that'll take it because they're a little too cocky. But I think Bernadeschi is is still young. Uh, you should be looking to just hit this thing in the back of the net with with power and precision. Um, and that does the you know it does just does pre- plenty of good just putting in the back of yeah. the net. You know you, what I'm saying? You, you don't, don't have, have to do be, anything more. Right. You don't have to be toti just yet, young young gun. That's right. However, you know, the Viola maintain their momentum, and in the span of 10 minutes, Astori, Vicino, and, and Babacar, they bury Inter with three swift goals, effectively taking the game out of Inter's reach, and then Babacar scores a brace in the 75th. Even though Icardi tucks away a late consolation goal, bringing him to his personal tally to 24 goals this season, look, man, it's, it's the Babacar show to me. I mean, this guy... I don't know. I, th- I feel like he's he's got something in him that he's got the strength, the speed, the technique. Uh, he's young. 
he could really, I could really see this guy at a different team this next season. Somebody needs to give him a chance because he's proving week in and week out that he is very dangerous. Yep. No, uh, definitely. And, and making his way into the Capo Cononieri race, that's, that's definitely impressive. This game honestly begs the question that the pod continues to swirl week in and week out. Is Fiorentina for real? I mean, they're eight points out of Europe. I mean, but you never know. You know, like you see teams like Milan dropping points to Empoli. You see Napoli dropping points this week to uh, Sassuolo. I mean, does that mean that anybody still has a chance who's within, a, you know, a, gra- a reach of, of 10 points? You know what I would put Fiorentina as is kind of like the opposite of what OTFR has been. Everyone said OTFR is kind of a sneaky good. You're just kind of forgetting about them being up there uh, so high. Fiorentina has just made it known that, like, they're a big name, they're a good team, but they're not going to challenge. They just kind of get stuck in, in like, third or fourth gear here and, and don't have enough to put it into fifth to finish the season. Um, and, and that's just kind of been it. They, they're all, all of their big players, everyone's just assuming they're going to go. There's not much talk from what I'm hearing of, like, you know, we're definitely keeping these guys, you know. So that's like by definition the middle, a, a middle of the pack kind of team. I might have to agree with you there, but I'm just gonna keep the hype rolling because we still got five games here, and this pod needs more followers. <laughs> yeah, all right. So for all the Tuscan listeners out there, please keep listening. Yep, <laughs> we've got uh, Fiorentina, middle of the pack. They're in eighth place with 55, and we've got Inter. Above them, with just one point uh, between them, uh, enters in seventh place with 56. Up next, Marco, we've got Chievo and Torino. This one finished 1-3. The Torino Bulls trample Chievo on their own turf. That's right, man. I mean, this game had everything for Torino except the Bellotti goal. I mean, really, Torino's just attacking the entire game, chance after chance, falling to the Turin side. Rocking their royal blue Suzuki jerseys, looking fresh. Uh, but the first half is nil-nil. You know, uh, again, like I said, you know, you had Yaich. He missed a couple chances, uh, which he redeems in the second half. He opens up the scoring with a neat finish from outside the box. And look, as much as we hate on Yaich, and you know, he's a little brat with his brat face. Um, and you guys hate the anti Roma players. Anyone who's been with Roma and no longer, they just have the the, the they have a mark against them for That's you and right. Tad. <laughs> I mean, you have to say that this guy has the potential to change games. I mean, yep. he's got the skill, the close touch, he, the one on one dribbling skills and finishing. Um, you know, it's too bad that he's a hothead because he could have done big things with his career. He's still pretty young, so we'll see. Uh, but shortly afterwards, it's Zapacosta with the goal of the week for me. Uh, absolute rocket from outside the area. I don't know if you saw this one, Chris, but the ball's bouncing around the 18. He runs in, slaps it with his right foot, back post, upper 90. Gets the job done. Take a bow, Zapacosta, right back doing big things. And then Falke wraps up the result. After old man Pericier gets a low chip past Joey the Heartbreaker. Joey the Heartbreaker, man, he just can't get... He can't get any peace. He, even when when Torino's just waxing out, he's, he gets chipped. Yeah. No, he just disappointing season. Different, disappointing storyline. That's, that's really the, the story there. But yeah, that's, that's, that's all she wrote for this game, man. Belotti doesn't get his goal. And uh, 
him and Jekyll are still tied at the top of the table with 25 goals. All right, the Bulls and the Donkeys. We've got ninth place Torino, the Bulls. They got 48 points, and Kievo's got 38 points. Up next, man, just keep rolling along here. Up next, we got Udinese and Cagliari. This one finished 2-1. Le Zebrete grabbed three points in front of their home fans in an entertaining but inconsequential game. That's right, man, and that's all you can say about this game. Look at Pepper acting all cute. <laughs> Pepper the podcasting pug absolutely missing his owners. Um, Leslie, he's doing all right. He's doing fine. He's, that's uh, right. he's still stinky. He's still uh, <laughs> scratching the hell out of our legs, so he's still Pepper. But yeah, this game... Look, it all all the goals happened in the second half, so let's just fast forward. Um, you know, but from the start of this match, you could just see that Udinese they wanted this. HDCC HDCT misses a PK and Alfredson has no luck on the rebound. Oof. Uh but again, it's chance after chance for Udinese. Uh Stipe Perica breaks the deadlock with a, a sexy curler to the U9. Uh, and this guy shoots from outside the box. He's got a, He had a great game. I like the way he engaged the defenders, took a lot of risks, was really throwing his body around. But the man of the match had to be Gabriel Angela. Uh, he scores a goal off the corner kick. He puts the team up 2-0. He defends hard all game. Uh, again, he was the man of the match in my eyes and in the eyes of who scored. How, what a coincidence. Yeah, well, that's pretty common, <laughs> I'd say, for the podcast. Uh, and then it's Cagliari. It's just really just an onslaught at the end of the game. They're trying to they're trying to salvage the result, and it had to be him, man. Bodiello gets the goal. He gets the header goal. Moves to 16 for the season. And I'm gonna have to do Tad some justice here, but I'm pretty sure I saw Bodiello emerge from a pile of naked women, men, butterflies, groundhogs. That's all I got. All right. I don't La know. Vita del Bomber. It's, it's an interesting life. Very That's true. Right. So, yeah. So that'll do it for uh, these two teams, too. Uh, another inco- inconsequential game, like you said. We've got Udinese in 11th place with 43 points. And we've got Cagliari. They are in 12th place with 38. That brings us to the one and only game in the danger zone. Crouton Nation, I know you're hanging tough, waiting for this. One of the highlights of the pod this week. We've got 2-1. Schick for Sampdoria. Another goal of the, not just week, but goal of the year candidate. Uh, But it's not enough. Everyone needs to get on the Crouton Nation bandwagon here as they stun Sampdoria. Particularly Empoli needs to get on this bandwagon because that's what we need to stay up. (laughs) We'll start with Schick's goal. Uh, that, that really set it off. Uh, he flicks it around the defense, runs onto it, and sends it in the far net. Definitely worth a YouTube checking out. Uh, quickly made its around social media over the weekend, but a really great goal. Um, Holy Schick! Yeah, and going places for sure. He's just really had a great second half of the season here. Um, another babyface killer. Um, but it's Crotone with the late game heroics in this one. We got the 67th minute, Falcinelli. A rocket comes across in the box and basically just sticks his leg out for the little tap-in. We've got 1-1 draw. And hey, you're Crotone, right? You'll take that. Any point is a good point? No, sir. Crotone not done here. We've got Simi in the 80th minute, super subbing his way in with a lunging scissor kick. And that's all she wrote. Crotone 
sending Sampdoria away with a a huge loss uh, and a big win for Crotone here. And just, man, it's just fun, man. It's fun to have another uh, team to follow who you're just, they're, they're so scrappy at the end. It, it seems like they've kind of found their Serie A legs here with just a few weeks left. Man, if this like revelation had come like, I don't know, a month ago. Boy, it's wild, man. Yeah, what, where would we have been? Chris, man, put your shirt back on, man. I just, look, I just think that Genoa right now is the team that should be really looking over their shoulders. There's still 15 points up for grabs with five games left. Uh, you know, you're only a couple points clear of Empoli, which means that you're only, you know, that much more clear of croutons. These two teams are steamrolling right now. They're going berserk. I don't know where they're getting this from. I think the croutons maybe need to do some drug testing because, uh, you know, you never know. And all of a sudden, these they're pulling results out of out of out of their culos, <laughs> as as uh, Tad like to say. Yeah. A lot of Tad references really miss him this yeah. week, and uh, <clears throat> really think that that croutons have just done something magical here. And if they can save themselves, this will be one for the history books. So, a quick question: I they've got. Let's start with Empoli. They're playing Sassuolo, Bologna, Cagliari, and Atalanta left in their season. And then let's go to Crouton Nation. They've got, in the rest, they've got Milan, Pescara, Udinese, and, Juve, and Juventus to end it. Crouton screwed. That's, uh, that's a much tougher schedule than what Empoli's facing. Although, man, if it comes down to Empoli playing Atalanta and Crotone playing Juve... In the last game, man, how crazy would that be if Crotone pulls that stunner off and ends up like saving their season and maybe winning? You know, maybe Roma wins the yeah, league. Throw exactly. That, in there. Why that not? would that would make I would be the happiest fan of all Serie A. I'm, I'm sure. So we've got that to look forward to. But at least for this week, we've got Crotone. They're in 18th place, 24 points. They are five away from Empoli. So get on this bandwagon. It's a lot of fun to be cheering for. Uh, uh, the Pitagorici. And we've got uh, Sampdoria. They are uh, higher up in 10th place. They've got 45 points. Marco, we flew through this week for, I think, a few reasons. One, uh, just less conversation with our, our missing man, Tad, who's already gone. Love you, Tad. Yep, looking forward to seeing you, uh, Tad, over in uh, La Cita Eterna. Uh, but that'll do it. We are already... We have to, we have to do one last thing before we leave. Uh, we have to give our derby, should we? Our derby predictions? Should we do it? I mean, oh, man, now that I think about it, that's <laughs> dangerous. Wanna, yeah, you want to curse it. You know what? Let's let's not. Let's, All right. Let's just move forward and uh, Forza Roma. Dai Roma. Dai Roma. Forza Magica, yeah. We are actually going to be in Stadio Olimpico in a few days. That is crazy to think about, man, for the derby. So uh, if you're watching the game, uh, we're, we're br- hopefully bringing a sign. So look for Curve America out in the uh, uh, Curva Distinti Stud. And uh, we'll be with all the other Romanistis and, and the uh, Ultras. Uh, can't wait, man. Just can't wait. It's going to be great, man. Yep. I'm going to try not to get kicked out of that stadium. I'm sure you've been. Is this your first OTFR game? This first- is my first derby ever. I've been to a few Roma games live uh, at Stadio Olimpico. But I can imagine with uh, all the things that are at stake right now, this is going to be a, a huge game. Yeah. And the barriers are down. Yep. I'm trying to think if I if I, I just can't re- remember if I made it or not. I th- I'm pretty sure I've been to OTFR games. But uh, um, 
I'm really looking forward to this. It's going to be a great memory. And the fact that we're rolling with like, I don't know, 10 or 15 uh, uh, Curve, uh, Roma Club DC guys. That's, that's going to make it. And 60 other sure. guys. Yeah, and, the, and a wedding party. Yep. So yeah, that'll do it for us here with week 33 in the books. Um, we are uh, looking forward to week 34, obviously, for the Derby. So we'll get something out for next week. But obviously, we're in Rome, so... Uh, if you thought this week was bad, next week's going to be much, much worse uh, as far as podcasts go. So until then, ragazzi, Marco, diciamo. Ciao. Ciao, ciao, Forza ciao. Forza Roma. Forza Roma.